It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Day four. It's day four, right, Olivia? Yes, it is day four. Amanda, I'm hearing myself in uh, the, the background of... Oh, uh, we're good there. Okay, I think we're good. Day four. Yeah. Day four in the, in the books. Whew. Some uh, surprising situations. Uh, some people that we thought would win gold or at least medal didn't make it to the finals. We had people who... I was doubting, prove me wrong because of my bets. I got my bets wrong. We'll go over that. It's not good right now. I'm losing some money. I'm going to need to get a second job. May have to start a Patreon or something, but it's only halfway <laughs> through. We'll go through that, my, my, my bet updates, because uh, we're halfway through the championships. But Olivia, how are you doing? You know, I think I've seen better days. It's just been a very dramatic, chaotic day. I feel like energy just got sucked out of me today to be honest it's just like I'm watching worlds and I'm just like scratching my head and I'm sure you have been too and I just don't know what to think but I know we'll dive into all the craziness that happened today and there's also some positive we're not trying to make this a negative podcast this is a positive podcast I mean USA went one two in the women's discus yes we had that was a 25 awesome. year old who no one thought you know she was a stretch to even make the final goes on and beats Valerie Allman and USA goes one, two, first American to win a discus, I believe on the women's side, but enough of that. We'll get, we'll get to that uh, later on the pod. First, we have to thank our sponsor, wonderful pistachios. If you haven't had a wonderful pistachio by now, what are you doing? Because we keep telling you about it every podcast. Cause if you're looking for a nutritious, delicious snack that packs real protein punch, crack into a good source of protein with tasty, healthy, Wonderful pistachios. Each one ounce serving of wonderful pistachios contains six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. It's one of the highest protein nuts out there. But that's not all, Olivia. That's not all. Pistachios are also known for their fiber and better for you unsaturated fats, which may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Best part, pistachios, wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family, friends, 
taking them with you, some adventures, watching a track meet, bring them track side, uh, whatever you, whenever you're doing, doing a podcast, fuel up with a healthy, tasty snack. Wonderful pistachios will be your go-to snack. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com. Now that that's out of the way, we love our sponsors, though. They're awesome. Babe Kipiegan, Eli Picale. Yeah. They're the favorites for a reason, and they proved it. Exactly. We'll start that women's 1500. So the top three women that finished, is that was the best three. So we saw we, there was no weird surprises like a random fifth-place talent coming in and sneaking in the medal. The best three women finished one, two, three. The question was, can the world record holder, Kip Yegan, be challenged by Hassan? We know Hassan's greatness. She's trying to do the Hassanathon. She falls in the 10K. She looks good in the 1500 meter prelims and semis. But Faith Kip Yegan is just at a different level. She's at a level beyond Hassan. She's like a 2019 version of Safan Hassan. And she got it done. It was not even really ever in question. Um, the race played out as I thought it would yesterday. I said, okay, yeah. it's going to be a, a tactical fast race. And that's what it turned out to be 354 for the win. What do you think this, what, what how do you react to that performance from Kipiego? Yeah, I feel like just as you felt yesterday, I kind of felt similar way. You mentioned Hassan had 10 K legs underneath her already had a fall, multiple rounds of the 1500. I just feel like watching this race, it was just Kip, Ye- Kip Yegon's race to lose, essentially. Like, she just went out there, did her thing, and Hassan just had, th- there was just not enough boost of energy to just close that gap that Kip Yegon had going into that final lap, and Kip Yegon wanted to make sure that she put enough separation between her and the rest of the field so there would be no surprises of people taking away that gold medal from her. So not really surprised. You know, I felt like the race played out how I expected it to. So it was just a great run in that 1500. Yeah, it, it kind of, you know, it just went to form. You could argue maybe Safan could have got second or that maybe it could have been a closer race. But at the end of the day, the current talent level won out. There was sometimes 1500s can give us a little bit of chaos. For the number one example, last year in the men's 1500, Jakob Ingebrigtsen getting upset. But if the favorite runs the race exactly how they want Odds are the favorite's not going to lose. The only time a favorite loses is when the favorite is either not 100% or gets a little too cute. Faith is 100%, and she decided not to be cute about it. She was like, Wait, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by looking cute? What does that even mean? No, not looking cute, getting cute. You're like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to just, I'm so confident in my ability. I'm going to kind of not. Go, what's the word? I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm too confident that I'm gonna get like a little too close for comfort. She didn't. Okay. Trust her ability 100. She knew like, I gotta make sure I run the perfect race. And if I do the perfect race, I'm not gonna lose. If she like was like, oh, I'm gonna run in the back. I'm gonna you know do what Jakob did in that prelim. If I'm gonna run in the back and do this that, uh, you know, let's run a 358 race. 
and see, and then all of a sudden six women are in it with 200 to go instead of three. She was like, no, we're going to make this a 354 race. We're going to make it a three woman race, not a six. That's her not being cute about it. She's like, let's be serious. Let's be adults. She was, she was an adult about the situation. She clocked in. She worked for three minutes and 54 seconds. And then she clocked out and her paycheck was a gold medal. Gotcha. Handled her business in and out. Got it. Like, I really don't see any scenario. You know, a lot of times like, oh, nine times out of 10, I win this race. Or 99 out of time, 99 times out of 10, whatever. Uh, 99 times out of 10. That's a, that's a weird fraction. I don't think there was ever a scenario. I think there was a zero percent. After watching that race, there was a zero percent chance she was going to lose. Right. That's how I felt. I just, it was never even close. She just was like, it looked like she was running with like a bicycle underneath her where she's like, I can go to another gear. Anything you can do, I can do better. So uh, now the question is 5K. Obviously, you know, some of the women who aren't running the 15 are going to be a little bit fresher. But at the end of the day, a lot of the same people, notably people from the 10K. I mean, Sagai is going to be there. But what do you think about her chances to pull off the double? I think it's good. I think it's a good chance. You know, we talked about yesterday. And again, we'll ask the question later. Just thinking about Shakira Richardson, what she did at the 100, that confidence level is up. Kipiagon got one done already. She's probably thinking, okay, handled my business here. Just got to do the same thing again in this 5K. Uh, My question for you, Gordon, is there anything that you saw or noticed that you felt like Hassan should have done differently that you think would have changed the outcome of this race today? Do you think, like, Hassan should have kicked a little bit sooner? Do you think – what do you think could have made the outcome a little bit different? I'm going to stand by my – Statement. I don't think there was an outcome that could be different. I think if Hassan was like, all right, I'm going to go out there and try to run a world record pace, which she would never do because that's just not her strategy. Right. I mean, maybe this is what could have happened. The only way Hassan or the other Ethiopian athlete could have upset Faith is if they got in Faith's head. If they started, you know, tussling with her, like a little bit elbowing, trying to box her in trying to screw up the pace a lot, make it as uncomfortable as possible. But the thing is, these athletes, once you're at the top level, a lot of the runners don't like running against the people. They just like run your own race. It's always every coach says to their athlete, run your race. And they always say it like they just came up with it as like a genius idea. Like, hey, I got this. I've been thinking about it. This is what you should do. You should run your race. Has there ever been a coach who's been like, don't run your race, run their race, and then screw it up? <laughs> no one ever does that. That'd be funny though. Be, if I was a coach, I'd be That'd like, be really hey, funny. all the coaches out there, they're telling their athletes to run their own race. I want you to run their race and then there screw up their race. And then <laughs> at the very end, you'll be the only victor. But yeah, no, I don't think there was anything that could have happened on from the other 11 women or on Faith's side that would have changed that result. Okay. Now, as we were shifting into this 5K a little bit, what do you think needs to happen for Hassan, Chip Yegon, to grab this gold then? 
think we just know the answer. Run the other person's then, race, right? Yeah, you got to run the other person's race. If they want to do that, I'll be great. I love post-race interview when they're interviewing G'day or Hassan or uh, Sagay. Be like, hey, how did you, how did you beat Faith Cabiego? It's like, well, let's listen to the Flow Check podcast. And Gordon said to run their race and not my own race. So I did. And look at me now. So hopefully they're listening in Budapest. But uh, yeah, I don't, I kind of think it's just going to be a very similar result strategy. It's going to be, a, you know, it's going to be in the 14 minute pace, like 14, it's probably like 1420 to 1430. It's going to be a fast tactical. There's going to be, you know, seven women left with a mile to go, four women left with 600 to go, and then just one woman left with a meter to go, and that'll be Faith Cabiego. Okay. Yeah. I can see that happening. I really don't – based off today and just how yegon has been running this year, like it's going to take – so much to be able to take her down right now. Like she would have to trip the, the field run two laps and then she gets up. <laughs> yeah. That'd be interesting, basically. but no, I feel like that's hey. what would, would need to happen. Telling you, if you're the coach of the competition, you should be saying, don't run your race, run faith's race. All right, let's move over to the steeple. Um, this was an interesting race because while Bacale has given no, El Bacale has given us no reason to doubt him. He's the defending Olympic and world champion. He's basically undefeated. He is able to run the best last 200 than anyone else in the steeple. But this year we had a world record, and that was Gurma. Gurma ran the world record, and he didn't just run a world record. He also ran fast 1500s. He ran a 329-1500, so we knew he had speed. World record plus speed, that should be the ingredient to be the dominant figure in El Bacale. And mm -hmm. it looked like Germa was kind of setting himself up for that. He looked good. He pushed the pace like three laps out. And Bacali had like a grimace in his face, but maybe it was just like the sweat or squinting. But at the end of the day, there was nothing Germa could do. This El Bacale just is so perfect at this race that a world record holder, a sub 330, 1500-meter runner, it's just going to uh, – Kara Goucher said it great in the broadcast. Like in the last 200, Gurma just became another runner. He mm – -hmm. compared to Bacali. Like Gurma looked like the world record holder for the first 2,800 meters. But then the final 200, Bacali looked like – El Bacali looked like the world record holder. And Gurma just looked like an average 810 runner. So mm – -hmm. I don't know. Do I think... was wrong. I thought there would be an upset. I bet money on Gurma to win, loss, but I'm never going to make that mistake again, I've decided. Do you think Bacali got into Gurma's head a little bit? I mean, I don't think he saw him. I mean, Bacali was always like, he didn't come up on Gurma until the water jump. And I think as soon as Gurma saw him on the water jump, he was like, oh man, I thought like, he needed to have like 15 meters on him by the water jump. And when he had zero by the water jump, he was officially in his head. And he knew I cannot run this, these final 200 meters with him. I'm just going to look backwards. And he like, as soon as he passed him at the water jump, he didn't think, mm -hmm. oh, go get him. He immediately looked backwards 
and it's like, all right, I got second. That's cool. He immediately, yeah. he, he didn't even try in the final 200 meters. He immediately went to, I'm just going to cruise and, and finish second. Well, that's what I'm saying. I wonder if like when that move did happen, if that immediately triggered something in his head, like, oh, okay. Getting past, wasn't expecting this. Here I am last water jump. And we're just going to, I don't want to say settle for second. Cause you're the second fastest man in the world, but like, you're coming around that turn and I feel like you just, you know, I feel like you just got to grind and just get after it. So yeah. But like you said, he immediately just turned around and wanted to make sure no one else was just creeping up behind him. So I'm going to, I think we need to start having this conversation now. We need to start comparing Ezekiel Kemboy, who we right now call the goat of the steeple to El Bacali. So I'm going to bring up El Bacali's now credentials. Bacali has won 2020, 2022, 2023. He has three golds, one silver, and one bronze. So he has three golds and two other medals. Kemboy has one, two, three, four, five, six golds and three other medals. So he's halfway in my opinion, to and becoming the greatest steepler of all time. Kemboy still has it because Kemboy got the the six golds. He won gold mm-hmm. in and it was all and it wasn't consecutive though, because he does have a break. He had a couple breaks, but he won 04, 09, 11, 12, 13, 15. And Bakali now has won 21, 22, 23. He's going to be the favorite in 24. He's going to be the favorite in 25. In 2028, how old is he? He's 27. So he's still 2028. Five years from now, he'll be 32. I think that'll be his last one. He is on the road to becoming the GOAT at the steeple. Mm-hmm. He won this one. He just beat the world record holder. If he goes out, and Paris wins, goes back to Tokyo, wins. And then he's heading into the 2027 World Championships, which I don't, they're not, the location's not known. He'll be going for his seventh or his sixth gold to tie Kemboy. I think we may be currently, I thought Kemboy was never going to be dethroned. The guy had this dancing gift. He never lost. But El Bacale, He's only 27, turns 28 in January. We may be witnessing a goat of this event right now. I guess he needs to get the world record, which you'll probably get in the coming years. But, man, Bacali's just so good. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of similar to what we talked about yesterday with Grant in a similar manner, right? Like, Grant won all these worlds. He's missing Olympic gold. Now it's like... Colleague getting all these golds, silver, bronze, and what's next? You know, you talked about it, pushing pushing the pace a little bit more, you know? So here's that opportunity just kind of moving forward. You're racking up all these accolades and adding titles to the resume. Perfect opportunity to go after that world record. You just beat the so world record holder, many... so that, again, gives you confidence moving forward. So he's 4-0 this year. 
He was five and zero last year, so he's nine and zero in his last nine steeples. He is okay. So he lost a Diamond League final in September of 2021, but then he went on. Oh, so he is currently he's won ten straight steeples, dating back to September 18th, 2021. He's not counting prelims, obviously. Ten and zero. Well. And that was the best field he's going to ever face. I don't see him losing again. So mm-hmm. see if he can keep that streak going. Yeah. Outside of that, there were some other prelims, which kind of stole the the headlines, in my opinion. Yes, we crowned uh, four champions today, two in the field, two in the, in the track. But I want to start with that men's 400 semifinals. Okay. Steven Gardner goes out. Oh, man. And the broadcast was talking about heat, but it looked like it was a physical thing, like an ankle or a leg. They wheelchaired him out, but I don't know if that really uh, explains everything. Has there been any Twitter reports, or I should say X reports, of what happened to Gardner? I haven't checked checked social uh, as of today. And what's interesting was Gardner wasn't the only person that fell in his race. There was someone else. I think it was an individual from Botswana came around that first curve. The person in the outside goes down. And then like Gardner looked completely fine, which I think was unusual, right? Like typically sometimes you can see people's race patterns change a little bit and you're like, something's not right. Then they pull out. But like, Gardner looked fine coming around that last turn, 120 go, and just, like, hits the track. And it was immediate. It was quick. I know, the like you said, the broadcast was talking about the heat, and it's just been superhuman. A lot of the athletes have been mentioning that as well. So I don't know if it had something to do with him catching a cramp. Not quite sure, but it was so difficult to watch Gardner just come out like that, just knowing all the talent and everything that he's been going through and finally get to worlds and you're trying to book your ticket into that final and just comes around that turn and looks weird. Is there anything on social Gordon? Yeah, I'm looking. I don't see anything. I don't see anything. Everyone's just doing generic pulls up injured. Um, So I'm sure there'll be an interview eventually and find out what happened, but it makes the men's 400 wide open. Yeah. Look at the, the field now for the men's 400. Wade Van Niekerk, you would argue, was the second best guy, but he had mm-hmm. to qualify on time, I believe. So, yeah. But like, yeah, he was in who, the same heat as his? Vernon, Vernon Norwood, and he just like powered house all the way to grab that second place for the big Q. Yeah, I'm trying to find out. Uh, sorry, the results page is. Um, down a little so iffy to figure out who's gonna who, who, i know I'm trying to find uh on twitter the, the qualifiers for track 400 meter I'm, I'm relying on twitter okay so the yeah. final we have antonio watson vernon norwood matthew hudson smith quincy hall karani james wade van Eekert, ing ing Valdson of norway and sean bailey utep athlete uh of jamaica so two Jamaicans, two Americans, and then a bunch of internationals. Matthew Hudson-Smith, we know coming back, he got a medal last year. 
No Steven Gardner, uh, unknown now. Wade Van Nieker, Quincy Hall looked good. The top qualifier was Antonio Watson of Jamaica. Hmm. Who do you who what do you what are you thinking here? Who do you think? Oh man, it's gonna get. I, I don't this, know. Because Antonio Watson looked the best, but like, is Antonio Watson gonna win gold? That's not happening. It can't be. Vernon Norwood looked oh, good, man. but is Vernon Nord really going to win gold? Like, it's just you see it. Like, seeing Wade Van Niekirk win gold, that makes sense. Seeing Karani James win gold, that makes sense. But seeing any of these other guys win gold, it's going to be like, whoa, the 400 is having a change of the guard, like, right before our eyes. Yeah, it is. I would put – see, this is tough. Because I'm just getting flashbacks of Wayne Van Niekirk, you know, breaking the world record – lane eight of those championships never ever expected that right and i know we know he's coming back from injury he's looking solid so like my brain just automatically goes back to that moment where i'm like okay we've seen this happen before but like you said i feel like this 400 field is just completely wide open i feel like as cliche as this may sound the best person that has the best race strategy feels the best going into these finals is going to win. Because honestly, I have no idea. I can't even pick a favorite just because it's so, so wide open. Yeah. That's tough. What do you think the odds are an American? What do you think the odds at Vernon or Quincy medals? Got to be good. I mean, two guys out of eight, three spots. With no Steven Gardner, all three are available. Man, I want Quincy Hall to medal. I was a big fan of Quincy Hall in uh, when he was in college, when he was in JUCO before he went over to South Carolina. I was always like, mm-hmm. I saw him at the Stanford Invite when he's a freshman or sophomore, and I was like, Quincy Hall, man, he's he's the next guy. And he was doing the four hundred hurdles. He had an injury year. He ended up doing pretty good at South Carolina, but he never really popped off the way like a Michael Norman did out of college. And so I'm excited for Quincy Hall to make it this far because. I was like huge Quincy Hall fan in like 2017. He mentioned the last time he ran like the five, the 400 was five years ago. Yeah. Like, and this is his first season of going back to the 400. He was a 400 hurdler for basically his entire collegiate career and post-college career. And then he's like, you know what? Let Rod Benjamin have the 400 hurdles. Let's see if we can figure out this uh, flat 400. And he worked his way all the way into a, a world final, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. See, how you feel about Quincy Hall is kind of how I feel about Norwood because Norwood was competing the same time that I was when I was at Texas A&M. So I feel like I grew up with Norwood. So kind of like and Norwood's, to see Norwood in this final. Norwood's uh, been a mainstay. He's always been that guy who, yeah. you know, he's always on a four by four, always making U.S. finals. Um, but, you know, you weren't on the podcast, but I always say there's two different types of 400 meter runners. There's the Tony McQuays and like the LaShawn Merritt. A LaShawn Merritt is a 400 meter runner who is consistent, but consistently in medals, like winning medals, getting like at least a second to fourth. And then you have the Tony Mm -hmm. McQuays who are consistent, but they're consistent at being on the four by four, you know, always finishing top six at USA's, always finding a way, maybe once or twice, get an individual spot on a world team. And I was arguing, you know, Michael Norman right now was a uh, LaShawn Merritt 
And I'll, the question was, was Michael Cherry going to become a LaShawn Merritt? Now, Cherry's dealing with some injuries, so maybe he's not LaShawn Merritt anymore. But maybe Vernon Nord. Vernon Nord is a, a classic, classical Tony McQuay. He's always making teams, but he's never getting that individual global glory. Mm-hmm. If he goes out there and wins, he, be, he, he becomes a LaShawn Merritt in my mind. And he becomes not just a generic talented 400 meter guy in the u.s but a global 400 meter guy so okay he's I trans- like that well i this hope norwood this is the moment right at these championships exactly yes. go from a mcquay to a merit <laughs> to a merit got it <laughs> and there's no shame in being mcquay because mcquay is one of the all-time great 400 meter guys it shows that yeah you're, consistent. you're making every you're team teams. you're making teams exactly but it's different between making a team and winning global medals, which is what merit was. Very true. Saying. Very true. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that final. It's going to be open. Uh, you know what? Let's, uh, let's see if we get two Americans on that podium. Paul and Norwood. I, I'm rooting for that. Let's see that happen. Uh, women's 100-meter hurdles. Everyone, all the Americans get in. I think the two stories I thought were – what Kenny Harrison did, and also Toby Amison being on the track in the first place. Start with Kenny mm-hmm. Harrison, twelve twenty one, in a prelim. Goodness, what gracious. is it with these women running fast prelims? Toby Amison <laughs> broke the world record in a prelim last year. What is it about hundred meter hurdles and it not being the final that just gets these women so excited to run ridiculous times? I have no idea, but what I can say is when I saw twelve twenty one on the screen, I said. I had to like look at it again and make sure that's what I saw. I was expecting like 12:51, like then it stayed at 12:21. I was like what is going on? And just hearing Kenny Harrison in her post-race interview, she made it very clear, I'm just setting myself up for the final, which I think is amazing. I said this at the beginning of, you know, the Flow podcast during the start of these championships, like I'm thinking going into these rounds that you are preparing yourself as if it was a final, not necessarily time per se. That's not what I'm saying, but like your race strategy, how you're feeling, you're, you're executing the things that you're, you've been working on. And Kenny Harrison just came out and said, I'm in attack mode and I'm dipping in every single round to prepare for that final. And I, when she said that, I was like, okay, that makes sense. You were preparing for a very fast final. You see yourself in this final and you know is probably going to take a lean to grab that gold. And so she also mentioned like she got in silver at the world stage twice. And I think she's ready for that upgraded gold. And the way how she looked in the prelim was absolutely insane. Like it just, to me, it looked fast and effortless, which is scary to even think about. There's a difference between looking fast and you're pushing too hard. But the fact that she looked fast, smooth over those 10 hurdles was just remarkable. What were your thoughts when you saw 1221? Because I had to do a double take. I mean, I had like flashbacks to Eugene when Amisan ran 12-12. Now, obviously, 12-12 is different from 12-21, but this wasn't even Harrison's PB. Her PB is 12-20. No. Which she ran. Yeah. Which seems so, she ran that in 2016. It's 2023. She's been on this circuit. For nearly a decade, seven years. It's wild to think that that was that, that long ago. 2016, when she did it in London 
after not making the Olympic team. I was there actually. I was at that meet, I think. Was I? Yes, I was. No, I wasn't. I was not at that meet. I watched it on TV. But yeah, so to see Kenny Harrison in 2016 form, whew, it's exciting. And I just think it also mm-hmm. gets me excited for the final because Harrison running fast now is great. But then you also have to remember Amisun, she ran 12 12 yeah. last year. She's run 12 2 before. You got Jasmine Camacho Quinn, the Olympic champ, who's also running the 12 2. She ran 12 26 in 2021. So it was not that long ago. She ran 12 27 last year. So you have three women, Camacho Quinn, Harrison, and Amisun, all gold caliber caliber. You also know that Niali, you know, she's sneaking in there. Niali is one twelve thirty. She ran twelve point three oh when legal in Monaco. So I think that it's gonna be a fun final. I don't think there's a true favorite because you can't say Harrison's the favorite. Because she, you know, she's always gone silver. You can't say Camacho Quinn's a favorite because she didn't win last year. You can't say Amisun's a favorite because she's not running as good this regular season despite being the defending champ. So every woman has a reason to believe and a reason to doubt, which makes that final more more exciting. It's going to be hard for me to make my bet. That's what I'm stressed about. I have to figure out who I'm going to put my money on. Who should I put my money on? You're... Ooh. If I were you, right now, I'm putting my money on Kenny Harrison. Yeah, but if she gives me bad odds, I'm going to have to do a medal. And if she's going to have bad odds, I think I might do like a Nia Ali to medal. I feel like that's going to be like a good sneaky bet. Because a lot of money is going to be on Kamacha Quinn. I see Nia Ali meddling. I see Nia Ali meddling. I might do that. I might do that. She did beat Kamacha Quinn. No, she didn't. She has a faster season's best. Camacho. So we'll see. Anyway, women's hunter hurdles. We'll Wait, when do you have to make this the... bet by? When do you have to make uh, this decision by? I make the decision tomorrow. Like after semis? Because what? Before semis? Did they, when do they run? Is it tomorrow? The uh, final is in two. When's the final? The final's Thursday. They have a day off? That's weird. What's today? No. What's today? Tuesday? Today's Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. So they met, they, yeah. So Wednesday semis, or are they running Wednesday or Thursday in the morning session for the semi? No. Yeah, I don't know. Let me not guess. But the, the final's Thursday, so I'll make my bet Wednesday night. So we'll okay. figure it out. Okay. Uh, women's 400 hurdles. Muhammad doesn't make, doesn't make it. I think that was the biggest news. Shamir Little looked good. Yes. Shamir Little yes. also had a was one of those fun stories from 2016. Didn't make the Olympic team, but she was coming, doing really well at A&M. Was it 2016, the year that she had her, like, breakthrough? It was either 15 or 16, one of those years. I think it's 15. But 15, maybe it was 15. I think 15. it was 15. Um, but little cockerel get through. Muhammad does not. Femke Bowl looks like Femke Bowl. Yep. I think this is lining up for... Just a Femke and then maybe two Americans, right? Yeah. Yeah. Safe to say. We don't need to talk to we'll wait we'll wait till uh we'll wait till that final, see how it plays out. Femke Bull just is really good at making the event uninteresting because there's no one for her <laughs> to be challenged. There's no Sydney. Like Yeah. We Yeah, it was just like, you know, it's like watching 
a Batman without a Robin. You need not saying that she's a Robin and Sydney's Batman, but let's be honest, that's that's what it is. But it's more fun to watch, you know, Batman versus Superman. Let's call her Batman and let's call Sydney Superman. But just seeing Batman by itself, that's nah, good. I want Batman versus Superman. So yeah, have to wait. Men's eight hundred. Men's eight hundred. Oh, oh, let me tell you, men's eight hundred. What was going on today? I'll tell you what's going rounds. on. It's the prelim. Olivia, let me give you a little education here about the men's eight hundred for the past. Oh, two I know. Years. I'm aware, but it I is... thought this year would be a little bit different. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, oh! You're so like naive. at least get out I'm of telling... the first round. Get out of the first no, no. round. This is this. I knew this would happen. I knew Stressful, I didn't know who it would man. be. I didn't know who it would be, but I knew we would have a couple Americans uh, get dropped out because the men's 800 is stupid. They run every individual race within the prelims is all run differently. So it's kind of like a coin flip, whether or not you're lucky to like be in a fast one or a slow one and positioning. You're, there's so many men who finished fourth or fifth in their heat who are legitimately better than the guy who finished third and second. But because of the weirdness of the draw, the weirdness of the pace, you saw Isaiah Harris, they went out 55 seconds, for goodness sake. All that weirdness causes weird to happen, and you see people who are global finalist contenders get knocked out in the first round. We saw that with Harris and Murphy. I just don't understand. I hear, I hear you, but it's just... You know, I watch Isaiah Harris, my heart is sinking. Clayton Murphy, my heart just completely sank. And then just seeing Peter Boyle of Australia, seventh at Worlds last year, fourth at Tokyo, finishes fifth in his heat. Doesn't make yeah. sense. Oh, it makes sense to me. Once you accept it, Olivia, once you accept that the men's 800 <laughs> I refuse. You, I refuse. You, it, 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 it feels good. Actually... I used to hate the men's 800 because it was this, but now that I'm embracing it, oh no, it's given it we me need to do better. I kind of was like, yeah, let's see Mula, who I think is going to win, barely qualify in the first round. He was third in his heat. He had a kick. He had a close to get in, win by hundreds of a, get third by hundreds of a second. He is, I think, is going to probably win, and he barely got knocked out in the first round. And I now, you know what? I'm just loving that. I'm loving that talent is just on a razor thin edge of being in or out i'm starting to brace i enjoy the chaos i become the joker when it comes to the men's 800 just embrace it and uh yeah i do think though we do need to give a what's the word um eulogy no eulogy sounds like you're dead but kind of like eulogy a, a closing on Emmanuel Courier. Emmanuel Courier, Olympic champion, 2022 world champion. He clearly did not have his best uh, regular season this year. Gets knocked out in the first round. We knew this was going to happen. He was not at the same. He wasn't in a 143 shape. But he had a good – he won back-to-back world titles or global titles. Very impressive. Not going to win three in a row. But uh, I was always a Emmanuel Career fan from his UTEP days. And uh, his coach is now your alma mater's coach. Texas really? A&M. So, yeah. Hang on. 
Paul Aaron, his coach, uh, is now at A&M. So, um, Manuel Courier, you're, you're still my favorite 800-meter runner. However, I am now officially putting all of my positive um, confidence into Mula because I like his last name, and he has a blistering kick. So we'll talk more about the blistering 800 kick. as mm-hmm. we get through the rounds. All right, anything else? Um, oh, yeah, some field finals, women's discus throw. Yep. Women go one, nice. two. Insane. Valley Allman, the favorite, gets second. Uh, I don't know how to say – I'm really bad with words. I don't know how to say her first her first and last name, the American who won. Do you know how to pronounce her name? I don't. I, I feel bad. I, when I read it, I read, I, it looks like a word that I know it's not, but I have dyslexia and I don't want to say it. But so she, – she's from Iowa. How do I say her name? Can you just can you can you look at can you pronounce it for me? I'm really I just I don't know how I'm, to do it. Because World Athletics site is just not in my favor. I'm trying to see if I can go a trial so I can like it looks like lasagna. Look at I know it. it's not lasagna. I know it's not lasagna, but it looks like that. And I just I don't know how to do it. And I feel really bad. I'm ruining the segment about her. She's having a great great career. I just don't know how to say her name. I would go with Lagi. Lalu Tasaga. 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 Tasaga Collins. I'm just gonna let you handle this one. I'm I'm not I'm not good. Tasaga Collins. I apologize, but she came out of nowhere, had a huge PB, won uh her first world title, first world title for America in that event. And then men's high jump. Uh, came down to Javon Harrison and Tambiri. Harrison missed on his uh, 236 height, whereas Tambiri made if well, missed the first attempt. Tambiri made his first made his first attempt. Harrison missed his first attempt. They both uh, qualify into the next one, which is 236, I believe, or 238, and uh, Harrison. Misses, so they tie technically, but tiebreaker goes to least amount of hit misses on the tied mark, and that goes to Tambiri. Tambiri wins gold, the man in the half beard over Javon Harrison. Harrison, though, phenomenal year. Yeah. He was undefeated going into this championships. You know, throws down a world lead. You can't ask for more, but it just turns out due to tie-breaking rules, Tambiri gets in um, because of fewer misses on the tied mark. Um, but yeah. Tambiri, gold, Barshim wasn't even in it. He, get, he gets third. Harrison, I think what Harrison needs to do, I think Harrison needs to like focus purely on this high jump. I know we've been talking about, oh, high jump, long jump, high jump, long jump. I think a high jump only Harrison is good. I, I like it. He is good at the long jump, but I don't think he's ever going to be like a metal contender in the long jump. I think he's – I think she should just stick with the high jump. Now, obviously, he's going to be like, Gordon, what are you talking about? I'm going to do the double. I'm going to be at the Olympics <laughs> in both events. I'm not going to just give up on something just because who are you to tell me that? Yes, my opinion is worthless, 
majority of the time. But I kind of liked it when he was just focused on the high jump. And he looked good. He almost won. He got second. Yeah. I feel like there's – see, my brain automatically goes to balance. That's immediately where it goes to. So I'm rooting for the long jump, high jump double. Good to mix things up a little bit. Tomorrow, we have the men's 15 final, women's pole vault, women's 400, and men's 400 hurdles. And Olivia, I've done 17 bets. I've done 17 bets, 17 $100 bets, and I currently am losing money. I'm currently minus $200. Oh, gosh. You I were was, up 15 yesterday. Uh, yeah, so after day one, after day one, I was up $250. After day two, I was up $140. After day three, I was up $15. And now after day four, I'm down $200. So it's only been going in one direction. But you know what that means, Olivia? It means all I can do is go up from here. Yeah. So I got four bets. I'm ready to win my money back. I'm confident. Here are the bets. Josh Kerr to medal. Josh Curtin medal at plus 225. Katie Moon to get gold parlayed with Adeleke to medal in the 400. If both of those happen, that's a plus 238. And then Benjamin, you ready for this? To win gold in the 400 hurdles. Why not? He's plus 350. Carson Warholm is a heavy favorite, but I need... Benjamin to save my allowance. I need him to save my bank account for me. I believe in you, Rye. You've always been the bridesmaid, never the bride. This is your moment. Take down Warholm. You're healthy. You're looking good. Warholm almost got DQ'd because of his leg almost going over around the hurdle instead of over it. And hey, you both have run 46 seconds this year. I don't think Warholm's running world record. Now, he can and prove me wrong, but I believe in you, Benjamin. Get it done. You're plus 350. Help me win money. If those four things hit, I'll be up $500. I'll go from down 200 to up 500. So let's make that happen. What are your thoughts, Olivia? Kerr <laughs> to medal, Katie Moon, Adeleke, Moon to gold, Adeleke medal, and then Benjamin gold. I actually like those picks. But I actually feel like I've been along the same like lines as you. <laughs> but I feel like I've been on the same wavelength as you when it came when it came to your bets. Minus I think yeah. two. Two of them was like, mm. oh, and, well, yeah. and your two hundred bet already with Kenny B winning gold. That is. Oh, you wait for it. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm rooting for I'm Noah gonna, Lyles. I'm going to double down on that. I'm going to I. Oh. That might be my Hail Mary attempt. When I'm really down bad, <laughs> Your Hail Mary. that might be my Hail Mary attempt. Oh, I man. still believe in Kenny B. We're going to watch the first two rounds. and we'll. I made that prediction last year. Kenny B, world champion this year. Noah Lyles, Olympic champion next year. Aria Knighton, world champion 2025. That's what I've been saying. It actually works out well because if Noah were to lose this weekend in a 200 – it's just going to make his story about pulling off the Olympic double even better. Like, hey, he won the 200 one year, the 100 the next year, and then the third year, you win both. You know, perfect for story. So we'll see. 
Odds aren't in my favor, though. I understand that. I'm surprised you haven't done, like, time with this either. Oh, there's no betting. They don't, I haven't found any odds on picking time. Because I've been good at timing. I've, I've, been like, yeah, I, I've been good at predicting some of the paces. But, yeah. I believe Kerr... Here, here's actually my... I'll, say, I'll end with this. For my Josh Kerr to medal bet, I went through the past six global championships in the men's 1500. So 22, 21, 19, 17, 16, and I think maybe 15. Or well, up to 16. From 16. And I looked at who medaled in the men's 1500. And I looked at how they did in the semifinal prior to the final. Every medalist in the past six men's 1500 meter finals in their semi finished top three in their heat. There was no one who finished fourth, fifth, or sixth in their heat that went on to medal. And so that made me thinking, all right, who finished top three in the semis today? Top three in the semis were... Ingebrigtsen was top three. Nagus was top three, so that holds true. Mm-hmm. Josh Kerr was top three. Cole Hawker was top three. And I forgot the, who the other two guys who were top three. But I saw Josh Kerr there, and I was like, all right, let's do it. So Josh Kerr, medal. Let's make it happen. All right. I'm trying, I'm Olivia. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. I know. Well, Minda and I can kiss our steak steak dinner goodbye, which is okay, but I'm just cheering for you at this point on. Well, We're right, now, you, right, now, right now, I'm going to be asking you for money to buy lunch because I'm down $200. But <laughs> we've only done 17 bets. There's a total of 49. I'm not even halfway. If I can get even when we get to bet number 25, I'll feel good. That's halfway, I, mean. I feel like after tomorrow, right? Give or take. Yeah, half, yeah basically so after tomorrow is halfway. Maybe yeah, really after yeah after tomorrow slash middle middle of Thursday, I'll be halfway. Okay, well I'm crossing my fingers for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because at this point, Amanda's gonna be like... making me steak. <laughs> yeah, maybe we we'll get Costco steak if it doesn't turn out too well, <laughs> or just get like steakums. You know, we'll get cheese steak. <laughs> Cheese steak. We'll get cheese steaks. We'll get 10 bucks. We'll do that. All right, Olivia. <laughs> thank you all for listening. Olivia, thank you for uh, being my guest host. Like and subscribe. We'll be back tomorrow, 3 p.m. Men's 15, women's pole vault, women's 400, and men's 400 hurdles. Let's go, Ryan Benjamin. Get me back in the positive. We need that. All right. Peace. Bye.